Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, another show coming for you right now, brought to you by our friends at Costa Sunglasses. That's right. Hashtag see what's out there. Find out more at CostaDelmar.com. Excited to welcome in your new Vice President of Marketing for Costa, Mr. John Acosta. It's been in the industry a little while. We're going to learn a little more about him and uh, find out what all he's done, how he got into this crazy industry, and what he plans to do at Costa. So we're going to excited to welcome him in. And then we're going to have your stage one winner from the Bass Pro Tour down in Louisiana, Mr. Bradley Roy, going to join us. B-Roy is going to talk to us about the win, what it means to him, his family, how he did it, and um, how he's looking forward to Lake Fork coming up this weekend. So Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, it starts right now. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. There we go. Welcome in, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Brown, along with, of course, social media ninja, Mr. David Jong, and, of course, AC Insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover. And we are excited to welcome in your new Vice President of Marketing for Costa Sunglasses, Costa Del Mar, Mr. John Acosta. Buddy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys, and appreciate you having me on. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I know we've kind of bounced around playing back and forth, trying to get you on, and somebody canceled the meeting last week, and you're a busy guy, so we got uh, we got bumped, but that's totally fine. But, um, man, you I didn't realize this, but you have been in this industry a long time, hadn't you? Yeah, it's actually flown by pretty fast. You know, I started here um, at Costa in mid-December, Prior to that, I was with Major League Fishing. Uh, I was there for three years. I joined them to help launch the Bass Pro Tour. So I'm incredibly proud and excited about where that is now, three years later, getting into its fourth season. Um, Made many, many friends there. And then prior to that, you know, I was in the industry because I was at Bass Pro Shops um, for 12 years. So I'm here. I live in Springfield, Missouri. And so home of Bass Pro Shops. And so I was a director of marketing there over uh, customer acquisition. So that was advertising, media, sports entertainment, corporate partnerships, sponsorship, brand, and content. So Man. I kind of fell in, I kind of fell into this business, but uh, 15 <laughs> plus years later, here I am. Did, did you, what, was the outdoors something you wanted to get into, or is this, like I said, something you fell into? No, it's, it's actually interesting. It's kind of funny. I fell into it. Um, a former client of mine, Stan Lippelman, who was VP of marketing and R and D at Rawlings Sporting Goods yeah. and a former client of mine, um, became vice president of marketing at the Bass Pro Shops, and he brought me over there. So when I got over there, I mean, it was really great because from a marketing team standpoint and marketing leadership, we were all together 12 or 15 years, you know, at Bass Pro, and right. that thing grew like a rocket ship. When I got there, it was, it, was, it was a regional brand with 26 stores. We tripled in size organically and then doubled in size again to over 200 stores uh, with the acquisition of Cabela's. And so it was a period of high growth and, and very, very disruptive for the whole outdoor industry. And as you guys all know, the, you know, the, um, the, the, just the, 
the amount of influence that Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops has on the industry. But it was a it was a great place to cut my teeth and get in the outdoor business. And then, you know, when decided to leave Bass Pro and look at other opportunities, because, you know, we had a long run there. All of us had left and did different things. I actually had an opportunity to join my boss um, at, a, at another company. I was looking at multiple offers, but my heart was in the outdoors. I'd been a founding sponsor of Major League Fishing. And so went over that way to help launch the Bass Pro Tour. And that was perfect because... I already had all the relationships with sponsors and partners and anglers, at least the Bass Pro and White River Marine Group anglers at the sure. time. So it was a very easy transition. So what was it like when you went over to, to Major League Fishing? Because to start the Bass Pro Tour and everything that kicked off there, I mean, it wasn't like there was a book written, you know, with an outline of what to do. I mean, it was like everybody kind of got thrown in the fire to make this thing work in a quick amount of time. Yeah, it was so quick. It was ridiculous. I mean, honestly, you know, when I started there in August, you know, we were just at that time making those announcements and recruiting anglers and going over. You you remember what that social media firestorm oh, was yeah. like when all that went down. Oh, yeah. And, and then we launched, you know, in January, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it happened so fast. And, and you're right. We I don't think we really knew what we were doing at the time. I think, you know, that business had been so solid for so long being a uh, made for TV kind of reality fishing competition series, you know, with four events annually. So it, it was pretty manageable at the time, but then to jump in and get into a full fledged tour, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know, but by the same point, I think that probably helped us in some way. It was painful sure. when it happened, <laughs> but when you look back and you forge your own path and you see, you know, how we built it and what we've done. I mean, it was, it was really, really cool. And I remember, that first event, stage one um, in Kissimmee, Florida at Toho. And it was the first knockout round event that we had, okay? And it was great because I didn't really realize, I knew from the sudden death rounds in Major League Fishing, the cup events, you know, how dramatic that could be. To watch the action at the cut line for the first time, you know, sure. and really see it go haywire and watch what's happening. I remember seeing uh, Joel Shangle, uh, you know, our director of content, <laughs> digital and everything else. And we looked at each other from across the way from these different RV trailers with our jaw dropped at each other because we're like, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Little did we know the moments that would keep happening like that. And it was so dramatic that we'd known that we knew right then and there that we landed on a really great format that we think fans would love to watch. And, and the numbers proved it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, there was. The way that spread out, a lot of times we'll get busy and, and I'll forget that it's on. But then all of a sudden, I get the notification on my phone, you know, that you know, thirty minutes left in state or in, in you know round three, and you flip it over and you know, and I've been in this industry you know twenty plus years. I know a lot of these guys, so I'm like, yeah. you know, who am I pulling for? Who am I rooting for? And um, I may mute the 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 commentary a little bit, but I'll I'll watch everybody else and see what's going on. But it's it's definitely it definitely changed the game quite a bit. But how do you how do you take that as a marketing guy and, and sell that to potential sponsors? I mean, because it hadn't been done, you, you know, you're you were you're getting ready to kick it off. How do you convince somebody this is going to be the you know the the next best thing? Well, you know, it, it was the, there was a couple of things there that really helped was, you know, even though it clearly felt like a startup, it was in a sense, but we already had a track record, you know, with, with the cups, you know, and with the selects and everything else. And then beyond that, when you have the juice and ownership backing, you know, of a Stan Kroenke, Kroenke Sports Entertainment, and then also owned by the anglers, you know, it's a pretty compelling story. And I think when you look at the leadership and the amount of vast number of years of experience that was there, both from a TV standpoint, from a media standpoint, from an operation standpoint, and everything else. I think the credibility was there. 
And I think it helped us a lot that we already knew how to run a lot of these things, like at least from a TV production, a high quality standpoint because right. of the cups. Now, were we selling a dream? Yeah, we were. <laughs> but by the same point, you know, I think I'm a lot in its own right is its own force of nature. And if any of you guys know Jim Wilburn, um, he is his own force of nature and he has his own orbit and uh, extremely influential. And so a lot of brands came on board. But then I think, you know, as that started to grow and he started to get more um, events under ourselves and, and see you know, a lot of the elements that got brought to the masses about the Bass Pro Tour and those things that could relate more broadly beyond just the endemic um, fishing audience because of the elements of stick and ball, you know, that the scoreboard, the live leaderboard, all of those things, the penalties, now that we, it could go a lot broader and we were a digital property now with the live stream, it just made it a more compelling style. And the crazy thing was we became a digital property overnight, right? And sure. I think the live stream just changed everything and, and and honestly i think it transformed the business i think we're all seeing that you know live is not only the present but it's the future of bass fishing oh, you know yeah. and you can see that more and more but i think to be able to take that extend it across six days which is a long time for a tournament and still make it super super compelling was was a was a feat in itself sure you're given uh they're given guys like us who who work in office every day so something to do right kenneth Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you, that was one of the best parts, honestly, was uh, knowing that this would strategically, the way they were scheduled to start was, you know, you'd have your your cut line drama days as well as the championship days during the middle of the week, right? Yeah. So you weren't competing with guys that wanted to go out fish, you know, during the weekends or pursue their passions. And because of the live on-demand aspect, you know, live streaming, you could literally watch it from anywhere. So, I mean, People are watching in classes, at work, on their desks, in their trucks, on lunch breaks. And <laughs> that was actually pretty cool that, you know, the event could be with you anywhere you were. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely been a, a big, uh, big distraction to me and, and, and my job. I know that here, you know, <laughs> this, uh, these past couple of years. So, so you, uh, you decided to make a move from MLF to Costa. Tell me how that happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I wasn't looking. You know, I was perfectly happy where I was at Major League Fishing, and and I got a call uh, through a referral through um, through another contact here from Luxottica, and they were looking to, you know, they're the parent company and owner of Costa, and they own Oakley and Ray Band and Sunglass Hut and Big Conglomerate. And they reached out to me and, and just wanted to have a conversation, kind of kick the tires about this opportunity. And I think, you know, what they were looking for was someone, you know, that um, – had endemic fishing experience that understood the brand and everything else, but, you know, was also capable and ready to take Costa to another level. So, you know, Costa has been primarily a Southeast regional brand and in fishing, it kills it, right? I mean, think about it from saltwater, freshwater. If you're an angler, more times than not, you are wearing Costa, you know, because it is a brand for anglers. But if you look at it geographically, it's been a regional brand. Now that it's in Luxottica's portfolio of, of brands, they wanted to take it not only nationally, but globally. And I think that's a huge opportunity. And I think they've also repositioned Costa within Luxottica's portfolio of brands to be all things water. So the new mantra and the new rallying cry is Costa is going to own all things water. Okay. So it opens up to a lot of other things um, beyond you know, fishing and basically any type of water sport that you could imagine. But there's a real balancing act there, not too dissimilar to what I had to face when I was at Bass Pro Shops is how do you grow and broaden out and become a lifestyle brand? 
without alienating the core that got you there. Right. And I think that's, you know, what we have to manage. And, you know, we, we've got four distinct fishing communities that we manage, right? Bass fishing, inshore salt, inshore fly, and, and regular fly fishing. And so those are what got us to the dance. And we got to keep continuing to build those communities and build that brand love. But we also have to take, you know, coastal larger into the mass. And that's why you've seen the product line diversify outside of just angling glass, you know, and things that are hardcore and technical to beach and coastal lifestyle glasses. But even more importantly, our new Untangled line that we launched mm-hmm. last year, which is an unbelievable, unbelievable line of glasses oh, yeah. made of 98% recycled fishing nets. I mean, that's a really cool story. And, I, and I'm sure you guys know as anglers, you know, conservation um, and sustainability has been in the DNA of Costa since the beginning, you know, over 38 years. And now for it to come full circle with that product line, you know, is a real testament to the brand. Yeah, that was one, uh, you know, one thing when, you know, we've been a, a partner with, with you guys at Costa for the last four or five years. And um, that was one thing we talked about this past year at ICAST prior to you coming on board was how do we get more conservation stuff in the freshwater side? Because here at English Channel, we're all grassroots, you know, tournament bass fishing you know we you know we'll we'll venture for a weekend down and we'll do some of the saltwater stuff but you know our guys are all you know they're work all week and fish all weekend and they've got a pair of coasters on their head i mean that's just that's just the way it is you know i'm in alabama so is kenneth and i mean it's it's a a staple here right buddy i mean it's it's something that i mean it's it's one of those fashion pieces that you got to have it i mean it's just the way it is so you know, it's, it's interesting that you said it's known as kind of a Southeast brand because, and, you know, we're in the Southeast, but you go to any college campus in this oh, area yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, every, the brand is everywhere. It's, yeah. it's, it's hats, it's shirts. I mean, Costa very, is big in the Southeast for sure. Yeah, that was very fascinating. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it became a, a uniform staple and wardrobe of the SEC, right? And all oh, yeah. those and areas there that you had your coasters around your neck or on your head and it didn't matter what you were wearing. And so that brand love, I think, and, and again, it's been proven out in the Southeast, right, right around zero where you guys live. That's what we got to take everywhere else. So, you know, California is a huge focus area, upper Midwest. And, and honestly, freshwater is really the big opportunity for us. I mean, bass anglers have been using it like ever, but I'm talking, you know, freshwater, lakes, streams, rivers, other things. There are all those opportunities that, you know, Costa can be very, very relevant for, but just hasn't been marketed to, you know, the way it has in the Southeast and, and what you guys know as its anchor and underpinnings, which has been, you know, primarily, you know, a lot more saltwater focused. Sure. Sure. Well, go ahead, Kenneth. Well, uh, the biggest thing, you know, for me, and I think a lot of guys at bass fish is, Costa has been known as, you know, the, the, the lens that provides the clearest view. So it's safe for your eyes. It offers, if it offers protection, you know, when you're fishing, you've got lures flying back at you at times, you need to protect your eyes at all times. But then obviously, you know, we're out in the sunlight a lot as well. And if you're not protecting your eyes from the sunlight, then, you know, you're going to have uh, long-term issues. And Costa has just been known as the number one, brand. I mean, they have everything you need from the, the right color lenses to uh, how the frames are built and then how strong the lenses themselves are. No, I agree with you. I think one of the things, you know, that I wasn't really used to when I got here, but I understand the real point of difference, you know, is having real glass lenses. And it really changes, you know, in terms of what you're able to see from a clarity standpoint and everything else. And it's a very premium product. And I think, you know, kind of your other points about 
from a technical standpoint, what Costa has been able to engineer in those glasses that are very specific to an angler, right? So you've got venting and other things for when you're running on the water. It's got sweat management channels. It's got the it's got the rubber on the arms that activate once they get sweaty to stick on even longer. Adjustable nose pieces, side and top hooding. You know, all those things have been very well thought out with the angler in mind. I think really speaks to that. There's something really big coming up. Next year is the 40th anniversary of, of the brand. And we have a product coming out for anglers that is absolutely going to blow your guys' mind. I can't speak to it. Come on, all. John. It's it's just it's just the four of us. It's just us girls. Come on. Just us. It's just us. I'm the ultimate hype man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about um, kind of a bomb you dropped. I think probably your first or second day on the job. Um, hire some guy by the name of KVD. What the <laughs> heck, dude? I mean, that's the way to walk in the door. And make a statement right there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Kevin's a good friend of mine. And I was purely, and honestly, that was in the works beforehand with me. And it goes back to what I said earlier. So, um, Luxottica and his portfolio brands, you know, Oakley being one sure. of them, you know, KVD was the, was the lead fishing guy for, for Oakley for so long. I mean, it's synonymous with that. He has his own signature glass and everything else. But as Costa came into the mix, and started to, they wanted to start realigning everything and, and make Coast of the Water brand. Clearly, it made all the sense in the world, you know, that KVD, you know, from a performance standpoint, yes, absolutely, is an Oakley athlete and ambassador and anything else. But what we were trying to do in terms of take Costa next level and really bring that more, I think KVD's star power, uh, his credibility and everything else was, was a natural. And then for us, it was basically transitioning from a sister brand over to us. So that part, you know, wasn't difficult, but if you think about it, it really makes all the sense of the world, right? Costa is oh, a yeah. very dedicated sunglass brand for fishing, Kevin together. And then here's the other thing that I love. And, you know, Casey Ashley, our other you know main ambassador and, and pro is just so great. Those guys are super close. They room together. I mean, it is like, it is chock full of storytelling and content opportunities. I'm, I, I can't wait to get dig into. And I will tell you, both of those guys are absolutely thrilled, you know, to be on the brand. And and I'll, I'll tell you this, which is funny too. When, when I uh, broke the news, I was leaving major league fishing, you know, they were, they were happy for me, but they didn't know where I was going. I didn't say, and when I told those two coasts that you could just see their eyes light up and they were very, very happy that I wasn't going to be far away. I actually was, uh, was uh, texting uh, Casey Ashley earlier this week and, you know, congratulating him on a great event so far, but he's just, this is so, so terrific. And he is so, so great for the brand. We're very lucky to have both of them as our, as our top bass guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you've got two good ones there. That's for sure. I saw that come over with, with KVD. Matter of fact, David, he gets all the, all the inside scoop for you for the rest of us doesn't he sends it out via text and i'm like wait a minute because i worked i was at striking uh i was a marketing director at striking for you know 10 11 years and worked with kevin there for a long time yep. good friend of mine and it's always and and he he probably snuck me a, a, a few pairs of oakley's over the years right and make sure i had what i needed <laughs> right and i probably had a few pair of costas in the console as well uh, but uh so yeah it was when i saw that i'm like wow that's that's the way to drop the hammer on your first day of the job but i'm telling you that's that's, that's a great <laughs> way to make a statement i'd love to so. take all the credit for that uh but a lot of that was in the works before i got there but uh the timing was definitely serendipitous so i'll take it so we got the uh the bassmaster classic coming up here uh in a couple of weeks anything uh exciting or new coming from costa for that um, you know, I think a lot of it right now is continuing to build on a lot of the good news that we have. We have a couple, 
uh, a couple of new pro models that are going to be launching the spring that we'll be talking about. Um, beyond that, I think you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, is starting to take a lot of traction um, is our uh, compete and conserve contingency yeah. program, yeah. which I think is really, really big. We'll be promoting that like crazy. Um, you know, honestly, I, I worked with Toyota for almost 15 years. They've been a great partner of mine, managed that relation with Bass Pro, managed that, you know, at Matrix Fishing and saw what bonus bucks did for them in this space. And I'm telling you, I love the riff off that program that Costa has, but being able to to um, have an angler who who wins that program that um, who gets that to be able to make a donation to a conservation group of their name really speaks the ethos of who we are, and it really really does well. So I think that that's huge news for us. We'll continue to build on that. It's expanding into a lot more circuits, um, which I think you know is is really good for that. And you know our friends at Dynamic and Landspec do a terrific oh, yeah. job running that program and managing that program for us. And so it's just funny how there's a lot of these brands we all play in the sandbox together. It's funny because uh, Luke Stoner and Alan McGuckin, those guys, they'll slot us those those pressure releases pretty early, and so I'll get them. And then Hannah with Costa, yeah. she'll send them to me, and she's like, I'm like, hey, I got it. We're good. She's like, how do you get this before I send it out? I'm like, I got my ways, right? We, David, he, he, he finds ways. David, you've been quiet tonight. Come on, son. Let's talk. What you got? So well, I was going to say, because you talked earlier about Untangled, and, um, and, you know, I guess my question would be like as – whether it's conserva- uh, conserva- you know, conserva- conservation, excuse me, um, conservation or different new materials well, when it comes to uh, what you guys will be using for sunglasses. How is that, how does that new technology go? How you guys, how you guys go incorporate new technology or new materials into the upcoming frames uh, in the future? Yeah, you know, I think the Untangled line is really at its infancy. So I think you're going to see that expand. And it's been a mixture of, uh, both lifestyle as well as performance uh, fishing sunglasses. And so I think you're going to see more and that's going to come from that. There's certain things that we do in all of our, um, in all of our glasses, especially on the technical side, using things like bioresin and other things that make us get more towards, you know, um, that sustainable path. Um, but the untangled is like the epitome of where that is. I, I, I don't, I can't speak for product development and what they're, you know, and they're, they're thinking years out, you know, already sure. as it is, but I'm sure they've got plans to try and incorporate and weave that into as much, you know, as they can over time, just because I think it's a natural progression from where we are as a brand. But I think that, you know, it's, it doesn't seem to be something that could be full line as of yet, but I think that there's, it, uh, as like most technologies, you're going to see trickle down effects that happen there. I think the, as much what's probably just as important, um, you know, from a from an angler standpoint, I think what they'll want to hear is this continued expansion of the pro series and all of those different elements and technical features that are real plus ups to the great thing is that there are plus there are plus ups to already popular models, right? That people love and everything else, but it's like taking them and putting them on steroids. So mm-hmm. I think that's really, really fascinating. That's a lot what you're gonna see in the near term. But then I also you're gonna to continue to see us tinkering with materials to make them lighter, stronger, everything else, you know, I think that's part of the beauty of um, Costa being able to share and being housed their product development R&D in Oakley's building in Foothill Ranch um, in California. So they get to share a lot of the same material science and sourcing and other things. So um, 
boy, if you've ever been in there and I tell you, I've, I've been lucky to, it is a laboratory <laughs> of mad scientists that, and I think that that cross pollination of technologies and everything else that you're going to see from a performance standpoint, you know, will also, will also come into the coastal brand. So it's an exciting time to be someone that loves the coastal brand because there's lots of new news coming out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, go ahead, Kenneth. Sorry. You know, you, you, you talk about, you know, all the different frames and, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're going to buy shoes, you know, you know, when you go into the store, what size shoe you're looking for and there's different options. So you go find the shoe that fits you just right. Yeah. Well, Costa, unlike a lot of other sunglass companies has so many different style frames that you, you can actually find the frame that fits you the best. You don't have to settle for something that's not quite right, you know, here or there, you know, you can try on several different styles. You will, I guarantee you, you will find one that fits you just right. No, I, I agree with you. And I will tell you too, uh, you know, one of the best things that we have done and clearly have recognized that is some of those popular frames, we're starting to make them in XL versions, which I think is good because we've got some big boys that play in the outdoor industry and, and the outdoor. Hey, easy, easy, sports. easy now. I'm, you know, I'm sick. I'm, I didn't I'm, say anything about you, <laughs> but I'm saying that I think that to your point, we recognize that, you know, a one size clearly does not fit all, right? And, and I think if you look at the different types, you've got some that have more of an extreme wrap around them. You've got some that have a more of a, a flatter profile and everything else. So depending on your style, depending on fit and what you're looking for, I really believe the Coast has anything that could, that could serve and fit anyone's needs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Last question, John. I got to ask this. Sure. I know we're, we're going to see it to Classic in a couple of weeks, but... Usually the guest we have on this show, now we don't record the Zoom, so we're just recording audio, so nobody really gets to see this, but normally the background's like Kenneth, right? I mean, it's full of fishing rods and fishing tackle, and this is the second time I've been on a Zoom with you, and dude, I got to ask about this shoe collection because oh, I can God. see them under the bed, they're on the wall. I mean, what is going on with these shoes, bro? Come on, let's talk about Ken's tackle wall, right? <laughs> Listen, everyone has their vices, okay? I know, happens, I'm with you. Mine happens to be shoes, and so <laughs> I just need to take this mirror down because everyone comments on it, and I don't even think about it, but it's always something that comes up, so I guess it is. No, but I do like the shoes. I like streetwear and other things. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you can see in that reflection is with this job that I have, um, you know, and with, with working with Luxottica, I literally have clocks I for LA, the, New York, and Milan, Italy, just so I know what time it is because I'm working in so many different time zones. And so, now it it it's it just is, it's a great talking piece more than anything sure, else. I, sure. It shows a little my personality. So What's, when you see me in the classic, I'll, I'll definitely be wearing a fresh pair of kicks. So make sure you comment on them. Oh, I will. What's the What's the oldest or rarest shoe that you pair of shoes you've got? Oh my gosh! Um, you know I'm I. I I really like Yeezys. I wear a lot of those. That's just kind of my, my brand. But I've also got some off-whites and, and other Nikes and, and a plethora of different things. I We shouldn't talk about this. This is, <laughs> this is too much. This is like you guys in fishing gear, right? No, so I know. Just, I know. <laughs> David... David's my car shoe, you know, guru. He's going. He's going to come in on this one here pretty quick. So, N not not like you. Um, <laughs> my brother is, but not like you though. I, I don't. I I, got, I don't have so much money to spend, and uh, I can only afford so many prison shoes and fishing stuff. Oh, uh, Costa! So <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Everyone's got their got their thing that they spend on, so it's all good. You guys understand me. We're all gear guys. Absolutely, yep. dude. Yep. Absolutely. So not a problem. Go ahead, David. I was gonna say before you go, what's your since you're new? I'm not sure if it's if it's changed since you started, but what's your 
go-to pair of Costas at the moment? Oh, well, it's funny because uh, I just got these, which I really, really like. These are the O-Search Switchfoots. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're a little bit more stylish. They've got kind of a very California vibe with that right here. I think the other ones I really like, I, I actually, um, I'm wearing two pairs of Untangled. I love the Untangled line. Um, the Antilly and the Pescador yep. are two of my favorites. The Antilly specifically, because it's a very California style frame. So, yep. and, and for me, the guy that loves to wear flat bills all the time, it's very flat <laughs> under, so it works great. But, you know, that's the beautiful thing. I think that there's traditional wraparounds to really California styles, Florida coastal styles, and everything in between. So I, I just... I love the range that that we have, and there's a lot of there's a lot of more new product news coming in. One of the other things I, I didn't really get a chance to talk about, but it was really important launch that started last year, and you're going to see it moving forward, is Costa's optical line of prescription and yes. RX glasses. Yeah. I think when you see those frames as well, you know it really speaks not only to the to the guy that the hardcore outdoorsman or angle or anything else that that needs prescription, but I think also from a lifestyle standpoint, they're just really really beautiful frames. Yeah, I've been. I'm getting a little, getting a little up there in age. I've been telling Hannah I need some some readers, like you know, like a you know, one and a quarter or one and a half. I need some. I need some readers so I can uh, tie those knots and you know see exactly. all the stuff that I'm doing. We'll, we'll right get you. Now. We'll get you squared away. <laughs> well, brother, thanks so much for your time tonight. Congratulations on the new position. Excited to have you there. Excited to work with you, and looking you. forward to seeing you at the classic. I will definitely see you guys at the classic. Thanks again for the opportunity. Really enjoyed talking to you guys and let's do this again, please. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what shoes you're wearing at the classic. <laughs> you guys are the best. Thanks, Thank buddy. You. See you, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. There he is, guys. John Acosta, your vice president of marketing, the new VP of marketing, Costa Sunglasses. I'm not going to lie, David. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to have him there, to be honest with you. We'll see if, like, now that he's in his, his new position, with, you, you saw his, uh, well, I don't know, our listeners can't, couldn't see it, but the different colors of, of shoes he's got. So if they're going to start coming with all these, like, radical colors in the frames <laughs> to dude, match I'm all, the shoes. Dude, and- I'm all for it. Bring it on, right? Bring it on. Very, uh, very cool guy. And uh, that was a lot of fun interview. Go ahead, Kenneth. Well, you know, you know, when we first heard that they had been bought, you know, I know, Chris, you and I had concerns of yeah. what would they do with the brand? And we see it all the time. You know, a larger company buys a brand and, you know, to us, they're iconic. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's it's amazing how much the Costa brand, the, the logo, you see it on shirts. Mm-hmm. You have people wearing the, the, the sunglasses all the time, even indoors. You see them on people's heads, just like Chris is right now. <laughs> but, you know... Our concern was, what are they going to do with the brand? Yeah, and I feel a lot better knowing he's there because I feel like he understands what the brand is. Yeah, yeah. and I think he will help that along and take what it is and grow what it is, not try to change it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's going to be a uh, it, it's a good move for sure on Costa's part, and uh, excited to see what John and his team do with it and. Um, like I said, being part of Luxottica now, that's a big boost for them. That's going to be a great deal. And not to mention the fact, Costa's back for their fifth year with Angler's Channel. So very excited for that and excited to have them back. We're going to a quick little break. We have got a jam-packed freaking show tonight. I mean, it's packed. So packed. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Bradley Roy is going to join us to talk about his first BPT win as he's on his way to Lake Fork for Stage 2 of the Bass Pro Tour right here on the Angler's Channel Insider. 
feel like ISO Chill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, ISO Chill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. They're brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging is here. Find out more at dualpro.com. Excited to welcome in your stage one winner from the Bass Pro Tour, our buddy, Mr. Bradley Roy. Buddy, you weren't planning to go home, but you did. Now you're back on the road. You, you still got to be smiling, though, right? Oh man, it's it's been a whirlwind, but uh, every bit of it's been good. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been hard to wipe the smile off my face since uh, since last week for sure. So when, let me ask you this: when you rolled when you rolled home, I guess it was Sunday. Um, were you expecting the uh, the police escort, or did that surprise you? No, I, I was. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got some friends and in, uh, in the community. You know, a couple of them are police officers and they texted me that morning as i was headed home they said, hey you know what time you we want to try to get something together for you so it wasn't totally a surprise but it was uh and even through the whole process just all the texts and calls and the, the welcome that i got home it's been humbling um, i've always known i had a good support system and, and a lot of fans and i've always been appreciative but it's been super humbling just to see the support um, and the excitement through the win Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, well, I asked you off air, 2010, your first year um, on the on the pro side of things, I guess, at, uh, what did you say, 19 years old? 19. At the, you know, just, I, I tell everybody, I was still pretty green, you know? I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, qualified for the Elite Series at 19, and um, it was, I paid for a, a really expensive school of learning how to catch bass early on against some of these guys. Uh, but I think, Hopefully now what I'm seeing is some of that, you know, because I've, I've been doing this now 12 years or however long that is, 2010, and I'm still only 31. So I'm really hoping that that's, that's to my advantage. Sure. Uh, that some of my maturity is coming in now with that experience and knowledge, and it's all kind of coming together. Well, the uh, the move of the Bass Pro Tour a few years ago um, and now, you know, kicking off in Louisiana, uh, you know, a week, week or so ago, and, um, dude, just a tremendous event for you, it seemed like. It was, and and it was a tough, you know, overall, it was, if you looked at the weights and the results, if you followed that tournament, 
it was really a tough week of fishing. You know, we had um, pretty incredibly low temperatures for that part of the world. I mean, I, the water temperature rarely, I don't know that even over one day that I see it into the 50s, uh, saw it as low as 46. So for that part of the world, um, it was super low temperatures. We dealt with a, you know, a pretty strong cold front. Uh, but I've always said this, even you know now I've won, and I can say, it, but I've said it before that the tough tournaments uh, really are the easier ones to win if you just figure a little something out. Because well, I've done well in those, but it seems like then it just comes down to who catches the fish at the right time, you know. And, but the the tougher events, if you just simply figure a little nugget of information out that you can run with, it seems like those tougher ones oftentimes are easier to do well in sure sure well looking back you guys started out on what uh dr bone is that right what lake did you start yeah on? yeah yeah we started on dr bone um and really a, a unique fishery uh i don't think that fish that fishery had florida strain bass in it i think it was just you know uh i guess you'd say regular you know also northern strain or what they were but it didn't seem like it had florida strain bass in it uh, but shallow, kind of, you know, more stained water, cypress trees, docks, pickups, extremely hard to get around. Um, and was a super challenging lake. But the whole key to it was, is it was our qualifying round. So you couldn't even think about those next two lakes unless you survived our bones. So uh, to start off with, my focus was really just all on, on that lake trying to survive. Right, right. Well, survived with a second place finish there, 30 pounds, five ounces over two days. And... I mean, I know with the score tracker, you kind of know what's going on, but it just seemed like that was just tough on everybody. You mentioned the weather and things like that, water tips and stuff, but, I mean, it just it seemed like it was just slow going for everybody those first two days. It, it really was, and uh, I kind of locked down in a little area that um, that I felt like fish you maybe would come to if the water, or even if they were just in there, they would start biting better as the water did warm and uh, kind of put my stakes down there, but it was really, you know, that lake was challenging because once you got out of the channel, you couldn't just run around everywhere. So that kind of hurt everybody. Um, and it just, it was hard to get a bite. You just didn't go, you know, you just didn't pull up, say, hey, there's a good looking spot, go get a bite. Uh, those fish were just really in a, in a bad mood as far as, uh, trying to get a bite. Gotcha. So the knockout round went to which lake? Caney Lake. Caney. Okay. Uh, yeah, which was lake to the south, and it it was what's unique about that whole week was uh, I said this, and everybody probably thinks, well, you probably do your tackle every night. I do re-rig every night, but what was unique about this week was, I mean, I completely redid. I mean, I was, you know, I, I used cigar line, and I went through a lot of cigar line. Like I pulled it all off every night, put new line on because Darbone. I mentioned it was shallow, stumpy, dirty. You know, no grass other than just some bank grass, and then Caney is you know, deeper water, cleaner water, got some docks, but it's got a lot of grass and got some offshore structure um, and gets a lot of pressure. So, you know, you got to deal with that too. And then, so my tackle was 180% or 180 degrees different than what I was doing at Darmone, um, which made a unique situation. Sure, sure. So I, I got to ask this because, I mean, it's just kind of, it jumps out at me here on the, uh, on, on the screen, but 2602, uh, well, see, 2712 on Caney had you in, you know, obviously qualifying for the championship round in third. Um, but, you know, Wheeler had a pretty good lead there. Jordan Lee was pretty good ways above you. Of course, Randy Howe catches a 10 11, so that obviously that's going to help him quite a bit. 
But then you go to the final round, the championship round, and that's on that was on Bussy Break, right? It was on Bussy Break, yep. Okay. So you go down there and you had five for twenty six oh two. But what's it like when the when the when the, when the official on the boat says, Well, Randy Howell just caught a twelve pounder? What is what does that do to you mentally? It it's <laughs> So that's the beauty and, and the and the and the downfall too of the tour tracker is you know exactly what everybody else has got at that instant. Right. Um and and you know, we're I'm not allowed to watch any live coverage or anything like that, but you know, our camera guys are in the boat. They actually they have a headset in that um you know, can they're listening to what's going on at the studio and they're you know, they've got everything live beyond the tour tracker. Right. I can never hear what's going on on there, you know, you can faintly hear some people having you know whatever every now and then you know he's listening to something but right before that score tracker update came through i could hear like screaming and you know coming out of his headset and i'm like man somebody just caught something uh but it was a relief to uh hear when finally the score tracker update came through that it was randy howell and not uh you know somebody that was closer to me because it's crazy and, and something i mentioned to somebody else uh, was you know, a twelve fourteen—that's a giant fish. Uh, most people, including myself, across the country, just just hope one day they catch a fish that big. Um, that's incredible. But oftentimes, we see those fish get caught—a twelve fourteen or a thirteen pounder—and it's you know caught pre-spawn, sure, uh, but it gets caught on an Alabama rig or a big swim sure. bait or you know maybe a lipless. And and don't get me wrong—I will gladly catch a thirteen pounder on any of that. But he caught that on a flipping stick. <laughs> There's not many places that you go in the world where you can catch a 13-pounder on a flipping stick. I mean, right. that's, to me, that was kind of cool. Um, and to know that, that you could do that there, it was, just, it was a special place for sure. Well, that's – Sign uh, me up. Exactly. I'm good with the flipping stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be, uh, that would be impressive. So, um, 2602 for the win, $100,000 leading the points going into Fork. I know the uh, like Chris Jones says the money spends, but the hardware you know it it it's gonna hang around. That was got to be nice to, to take a piece of hardware home and give it to mom and your son and and uh, put that up in the new house. It is you know and and it's just for me what, what was crazy and, and people of course you know the money's important. It's what I do for a living. Uh, but it took a couple of days before I ever even thought about the money. It, it, to me, this is more. The competition's so good. Uh, you know, I've done this for a long time. And, and these guys, I mean, if you especially look at the top ten guys we're fishing against, uh, these guys just don't give these trophies to you. No. And so that, you know, to me was, uh, I'm not saying the trophy's, you know, the most important thing in the world, but it, it, it's something that I'll always be able to look back on. It was, it, it's a good feeling to, to have that trophy and be able to take it back home to Kentucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, your son is how old now? He's six months old, just a little over six months. Six months. So what's it like being a dad? It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, everybody that's probably a new parent. Probably, you, know, you, it, you never know what to expect, and you're never prepared the way you should be. But um, it's definitely, you know, you have to grow up. And uh, becoming a dad is, is, is pretty neat. And it, it's exciting to me because, you know, I get baits around him. You know, somebody will, somebody will ship some baits in or whatever, and he's a rods, and he's all over them. And, um, it's just been a fun, exciting time in our household. And then, you know, to start the year off with a win and, um, just blessed, man. You know, I feel like, feel like the good Lord always blessed me to fish for a living. And, uh, I feel like right now, you know, everything's flowing good and, 
and, and life is good. Well, I have been around, um, you know, bass for a long time and, you know, and, and doing in, in, in several different roles and doing different things. And I have known your dad for a long time. I can only imagine how excited he was when, when that, <laughs> when, when that, when that clock finally ticked to zero on the, on the final round there. I think so. You know, everybody knows that Washington, I had a, had a great first and second period and I had a really tough third period. Um, and these guys were kind of chasing me down on championship round. And my family was super excited that I won, but every one of them were, were ready to kill me because they're like, if you do another third period like that where you let everybody <laughs> get within a pound of you, they're like, we're going to kill you because it took years off our lives. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. I mean, Dad was obviously excited. And, um, you know, he's been, been a great help to me. He obviously instilled the love of fishing with me. So, ran to me uh, a long, long time ago. But it was kind of cool. And I said that. it was. I felt like that this – win wasn't just you know this is a solo sport but this win just wasn't about me it was about you know my family my wife my fans sponsors um it was it was kind of good for everybody yeah absolutely that's that's killer so headed down to fork now uh i'm sorry david you got a question Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you for there, but uh, Bradley, uh, just kind of looking at the, <laughs> just looking at this uh, stage one format. It's one of the very rare ones where you get um, three different venues, I guess, in one event here. Um, how do you prepare for such an event? Whereas, you know, in the other stages, it's typically one, you know, you get pretty much, uh, you know, your pick of the area for the whole entire lake. How do you approach if you qualify for you each round? Have... Yeah, go ahead. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you really have to keep an open mind. Um, you know, I obviously always keep a lot of tackle with me and try to be ready for anything, but um, you really end up having to fish uh, your instincts. And oftentimes, if I can make myself do that, uh, I do a lot better. Uh, this week, obviously, prove that. But you just don't, you know, there's no way you can be completely ready to fish three different places, uh, you know, that quickly in a row with very little practice. We didn't even get to practice on Bussy. Um uh, so you just simply have to be ready for anything. Uh, and I tried to prepare my tackle and myself and my equipment. I tried to eliminate every variable that I could. And then and then after that, you just got to go out there and start with a bite. And I've told people that. I said, I tried to start with one bite, just build on it. Um, and, and thankfully, we were able to do that at each, at each place, you know, all three of them. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you're headed to Fork now, stage two coming up. Um, how do you feel about what you're heading into down there? I like it. Um, you know, Fork is, is a little different this time. Uh, it's, it's real low. I don't know exactly the reason. I think maybe they're working on the dam or something. So, uh, it's going to be a little different than, I don't have as much history on Fork as a lot of these guys. So I feel like that might level the playing field a little bit. Plus these fish, you know, it's been kind of cool in this region. So I think these fish are still going to be pretty small. They're, they'll be big, fat, heavy. Uh, pre-spawn fish, which I absolutely love uh, trying to catch pre-spawn fish, obviously. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I feel like it's going to be a, a good week if you like to watch people catch big bass. So hopefully I'm hopefully I'm a big part of that again this week. And I'm kind of anxious to get back to fishing. You know, it's crazy. You win a tournament and you kind of have the whirlwind of all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm ready to get back on fork. I mean, we're headed to one of the best places in the world. So it uh, should be good. It should be good. That's awesome. KG, what you got? You know, you, you talk about how you started at a young age and this this tournament you just you just won in particular was, you know, it really it really was a difficult tournament and we don't always see that, but 
Tell me about, you know, the maturity or what you've learned over the years that kind of helped you get through those first two days. Because to me, that seemed like the most difficult part uh, for everybody was Darbone first two days, you know, whether it's the cold weather or just the fishery or whatever it was. How have you gotten to the point, you know, from a mental standpoint to, to be able to deal with that? Well, I think you kind of at the end there, you kind of hit on the key of it where, you know, bass fishing is a lot more mental than we want to let on like it, it, it is. And, um, you know, maturity, you know, for me at, at the age of 19, I mean, when I started, I may have could catch a bass, you know, at certain times. And I feel like I've had a good career. I've obviously made a living doing this, but oftentimes where I got myself in trouble, where it was when the pressure was on or whenever, you know, I would go an hour or two without a bite. I would, the wheels would start to spin and they would start to come off at different situations. Or I feel like now maybe that maturity is kind of coming to me in, in a place like Darbone where it's tough. Bikes are hard to come by. Um, you know, you would go an hour or two without a, without a bite. When, the, when you're listening to that score tracker, uh, it's hard. It makes it even harder, I think, to stay in a certain area, let things develop. Uh, and without being at the old age of 31 now and having that maturity, I probably would have, you know, tried to scramble a little more and tried to push it and force it. Instead, I, you know, had the confidence to kind of stay where I was and really you know, fish where I knew fish were. Um, you know, the old adage, you don't leave fish to find fish. Um, and just, I think maturity and all of it kind of has to come together. Uh, but I feel like that's really the biggest thing that's helped me is just, you know, there was a lot of boats in small areas and that used to freak me out. Still does to this day. I battle that every day in my mind. We all do it in anglers when, when you're fishing and there's other boats around. Um, but that's just tournament fishing. We all have to deal with that. And being a little more mature than I was when I was 19 or 20 or however, you know, whenever I started, um, it, I think that helped me more than anything is just understanding to let things develop, let things kind of happen as they should instead of trying to force it all the time. Agree. Okay. KG, what else you got? <clears throat> Well, you know, kind of the other part of that was that, you know, the last day kind of gave you a different scenario. You really kind of jumped out pretty early, but I noticed with all the anglers on that lake, it seemed like the bites would come in spurts and it would be a long period of time between their next spurt or their next bites. We're talking hours, like three hours between, between bites, you know, and you, you know, and you already know you're on a lake that's got big fish because it seems like when guys caught a fish, it was, it was a, a big one. Um, how did you, how did you handle dealing with that, you know, on the last day? Well, it puts you in a, a unique spot because as anglers, we try to build off of bikes. And what I mean is if I get a bike and it, you know, if I, a spinnerbait or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And then if I get another bike doing that, it's like I start in my brain to build All right, So that fish was on the, the fish was on the point, you know, it was on the furthest out tree or whatever. You put all that information into your calculator and you're trying to figure out how to get to the next bite. Well, what makes it challenging is on a lake like Busty, where the, a lot of the covers are the same. Uh, it's all you know, flooded brush, and and then you go hours without a bite. Um, you're stuck. Question: How do you change? You know, what what do you change? You change a bait. You change the the weight. You know, your rate of fall, or or do you just go somewhere else? Um, and so those are all things that I was, especially in that third period. But I came back to the you know what. I, kept me in that area was um 
I knew that area was a little different than than the rest of the lake, you know, per my little ride through that I got. Um, but I was fortunate enough just to get enough bites to string me along, and I knew probably better off fishing where I knew some fish were uh, than running around trying to find random fish. Because the one thing that the score tracker does help me was, you know, these were some of the best fishermen in the world, if not fishermen in the world, and they weren't catching it for the first few periods. And I was getting right. bites. So that kind of told me, hey, you're probably in a halfway decent area. You may just kind of need to, you know, um, you know, settle down and try to figure out how to get on a bite. But it, it is tough because if you go long stretches without a bite, it's really hard to, to build that pattern uh, and try to take the next step. There's so many options as an angler. You, you, you're not sure which option is the right option. It's always, it's always a million dollar question. You know, is do I stay? Do I go? Uh, do I change bait colors? Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions to ask yourself as an angler. When, when your first year on the elite series, you know, I know we talked about this earlier, you're out, y'all went to, went out to California. How do you see, I mean, how have you grown in that aspect as far as listening to your gut or knowing when to go, when not to go? I mean, how were you when you first started compared to how you are now? Probably, you know, early, right as soon as I started the Elite Series at 19, I had some gra- some really good finishes, and I was just fishing off, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, and what I mean by that is I was fishing off adrenaline and mm-hmm. just kind of went with, you know, what, what I thought would work and um, really fished off the instincts. And then after that, I started to gain some knowledge, and that's a good thing to an extent, but you also have to then sort through that, um, and oftentimes you don't rely on your instincts. And I know when people talk about your that gut feeling it oftentimes seems like you know something's really cliche um but bass are really simple we make them very complicated we make this whole process <laughs> very complicated and if you just there, there's a lot of times man you're just running down the lake and you're like man that riprap over there looks really good and you're like but i know they catch them in the time of year and there and you, you know win the tournament on riprap and we've seen guys do that like like john cox one i think a term comes to mind won a tournament at rayburn on riprap you know it's right. like why didn't why didn't somebody else think of that? Everybody fishes riprap, right? Well, it's because everybody was so focused on everything else that Rayburn had to offer. Um, sometimes, even if you know everything about fishing or think you do, sometimes being simple, um, oftentimes it's just relying on your your instincts of you where a bass can op- can feed. Bass are opportunity feeders. Uh, they're lazy if they can if they can grab a, an easy meal. Uh, we just don't pay attention time. So it's it's important to listen to those gut feelings if you can sure absolutely absolutely so what's your gut telling you about fork <laughs> that i need to catch a lot of big bass um, <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it to me I, i'm kind of a little anxious about fork just trying to kind of settle in if i'm ready to get going practice because the lake's so low um i didn't get a chance to come down here and, and pre-practice this one but you know i've been to fork several times and just kind of um, it does eliminate, you know, obviously the, the stuff around the bank's not going to be as, as big of a deal and uh, it does eliminate some of those variables. So I feel good about it. I feel like it's going to be, uh, you know, definitely a staging tournament. Um, but I'm anxious to get out there and, and see um, kind of how the lake sets up and just how low it really is. You know, because you hear it was six foot low or seven foot low or however low it is. Um, on certain lakes, six foot's not that big of a deal, but I feel like on fork. Uh, that's going to seem like it's a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, brother, we'll let you get back to driving. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Good luck at Fork. And um, I would imagine we'll probably have you back on this show here pretty soon with, with another trophy in the in the passenger state as you head home. Well, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Be safe, bud. Take care. and We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. See you, buddy. Thanks. Well, guys, there he is, Bradley Roy, your Stage 1 Bass Pro Tour winner. Um, remember when he came on the scene, just a young guy at 19 and see him growing up. I've known his dad for a long time and he's, you know, kind of busted my balls at some Bass Nation events, meetings and things over the years. So, uh, really good guy. And, uh, I like old B-Roy. He's a good dude. So. Yeah, it was good to see him get the win and, 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 you know, sometimes we'll see these guys, you know, once they, they make it happen, the you know, the first time they kind of get on a bit of a roll. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting seeing how these next couple of events go for him. Uh, I mean, I can hear it. He's got confidence. It, it came through in the interviews. So uh, I think it'll, it'll be good for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing how he does on Fork. Looking forward to seeing Fork coming up this weekend. That's going to be a, uh, be a good event. Uh, kind of like what I told John Acosta, I'll probably have it on from time. So at some point in time, just won't have the volume up, so we'll uh, we'll go from there. Especially, well, at least during part, certain times of the show. So, we'll take a quick little break. We come back. We got some news and notes. Some you pickums. I don't know what else. We'll find something else to talk about. We got quite a bit. So hang tight. Right back with more Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay. You talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code code anglers channel for 10% off your purchase did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping you didn't but even better so hey what are you waiting for get hooked on rely on lithium today with so many exclusive designs and processes no other boat is built like Ranger it's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features more performance and the best value the Ranger Fisherman Series from bow to stern this is results based engineering at its best still building legends one at a time at mercury there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either unlimited adrenaline unlimited fun unlimited weekend except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. 
light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast uh, episode, segment, whatever it is. I'm, I'm losing track anymore, David. Brought to you by our friends, Sportsman's Warehouse, your outdoor and fishing store. Find out more at sportsmans.com. Check out, if you got a Sportsman's lo- close to you, this Saturday is the Balloon Pop Saturday. The first 300 customers in every Sportsman's Warehouse store gets a balloon, right? You get a balloon, it'll contain a discount code, all right? You pop that balloon, you get that code, it'll get that percentage off your purchases. It's a great way to do it, right? If you are a Explore Rewards loyalty program member, you get an extra balloon if, if you're one of the first 200 in the door. So if you got a Sportsman's close to you or close to you wherever it is, Check it out. Go find one. Get you a balloon or two and uh, save some money this weekend. So it, it would be a good opportunity to take the whole family because that's more balloon opportunities. It would be. You're exactly right. That That's a great idea, KG. Great idea. And we had to give uh, – I did send out um, sportsmans.com <clears throat> e-gift cards today to Chris Pease who won the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour Fantasy. He had 407 pounds, 15 ounces. KG was the winner from our group with 311.11. Of course, there's only 18 in the damn group because the instructions to join the damn group is so damn hard. So, sorry, but it is. We'll get to it later. I also sent one out to Hunter Baker, who had 1,337 points um, in the Bass St. John Fantasy on the Over English Channel. He won that one, so I got to that. Where did you end up in that, David? Do you know? Uh, I checked it. I I think I had two guys. I think I had John Cox that made the first day cut. And who else did I have? Ah, I forget. It wasn't that great, though. Were you in the top 100 of our group? I don't think so. KG, I didn't were you in the top I, I, I 100 did, of our group? Like, yeah, I'm not going to even dwell on it. <laughs> KG, were you in the top 100 in our group? I don't know where I ended up. Uh, I wasn't very good. I think I had 930 points. Okay. I had 1130, so I finished 99th in our group. So feeling pretty good about that. Feeling pretty good about that. And, of course, uh, a D. Smith won the Drain the Lake on St. John's through Bass with 2,152 points. So um, I've sent him a message. Wait to hear back from him. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. But <coughs> sorry, I'm not sure where I ended up on that one. I did have John Cruz, so I'm not sure how the bonus mine, points ended up. Mine said zero. I had 1,186 points, but it said – my ranking was zero, so I, I I mean I know I'm no good at this, but anyway we'll uh, we'll see. But let's do some you pick them real quick, um, David. You have results or no? Sure do. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, have, I know it's kind of cold, so my but my brain eventually thaws out up here. So <laughs> I'm not saying a word, hey, but okay. You, you just keep it up there with you, okay? Exactly. The, the, the door has been closed. Keep it closed. I just need some of that, you know, warm front come from that, you know, that, that southern weather to come and knock all, all this ice, ice we'll, off. We'll, we'll try lake, to send so. it your way. Just don't <laughs> blow it back. 
I love it. Uh, all right. So the first up uh, was the, again, the elite series event on the St. John's and uh, leading it and winning it wire to wire was John Cruz with a winning weight of 75 pounds and four ounces, which I think I had, but I changed it at the last minute last week. So I don't know. Well, I will, I will give you this. You did win the Angler's Channel between us girls. You won it with 58-7, okay? Hmm. Um, so good job on that. Uh, Adam Le- uh, Adam Leger, 74-10 for the win, and Ray Kirby finished second with 73-9. So. Right. Next up, we go down to Sam Rayburn for the Major League Fishing Toyota Series event. And winning that event with 63-12 was Glenn Webb. Glenn Webb, I grabbed the point for us with 61 even. Our buddy Chris Pease, who won the um, the Fantasy, he had 62-12. And Andy Rutledge took home the, uh, the big points there with 63-10. For the U Pickums. So that's a good All one. Right. Let's see here. So we stay in Texas for this next one for the Texas Tournament Zone event on Travis. And winning that event was a team of Randy Hippler and Randall Christian with 1937. You know, I gotta I gotta make a make a point <coughs> real quick. Uh, our buddy Matt Lazenby, he put 12 pounds for every event. So Matt, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> Um, is this a dig at the one pound deal or you just expecting it to bomb what? But I mean, 12 pounds, you went all across the board with 12 pounds. And I think you picked, I forget who you picked on the uh, Super Bowl pick, but anyway. Um, so 1937 for the win. Um, KG grabs that point for 1901. Way to go, KG. I had a sound effect somewhere. There you go. Good job, KG. You won one this week. Uh, Bill... Grotjohn had 19.25 for second, and our buddy Brandon Black nailed it at 19.37. Brandon takes wow. a commanding lead in the U Pickums this month, but there's still time. So, all right, what about the Carolina Anglers Team Trail? So that was the with I think it's a Southeast North Carolina division. They were on Cape Fear River and. 2346 caught by Neil Smith fishing by himself with a 619 kicker. 2346. By, by himself caught that 2346. Um, I grabbed the point in that one with 1975. Rick Hensley had 2255 for second, and Lane Eli, 2335 for the win. So, all right, how about the Tennessee team trail? Yep, they were on Cherokee Lake, and the team of Tristan Warfield and Caden Baker caught 1864 to take the W. I also grabbed that point with 1690. Jamie Smith was second with 1756, and Ted Floyd with 1815. Oh, so close, yet so far away on that one. And the rattle trap on Gunnersville. What do you got? The team of Cliff Broderick and Mike Inman. Caught twenty three forty six. Another twenty three forty six. That's interesting. Two twice this week we got twenty three forty six. Uh, David grabs the point sixteen ninety one. What did you put in that, Kenneth? Do you remember? Because you were way off. <laughs> I 
No, I shouldn't have been. I thought I was thinking it was 23 something. Maybe I was a little high. I, you, that's right. You are high, I believe, is what it was. So Chris Ryder had 23 22. And then Brandon Black gets another point this week with 23 37. So on the way, not Brandon off is to play. So, y'all, if you're not playing, you got to sign up and play. It's the only way you can knock Brandon out of this deal. And of course, the Super Bowl pick between Los Angeles and Cincinnati. Who here had Cincinnati? I was rooting for him, sure. Okay. I, I, I didn't care, but I was kind of halfway rooting for him. But you can't get sacked seven times and win the damn Super Bowl. You just it's just not gonna happen. And you're in the and you're in LA's house. The let me ask you this. David, did you enjoy the halftime show? So I didn't watch the game until like I think the last like two, three minutes of the game. What? So I was out. Yeah, so I wasn't even at home. I I, I, I DVR'd it, so I did watch it, but um, I was a bit disappointed. Not that it was bad, but I was, I don't know, I thought that I, I, I would hear um, more variety of <laughs> 90s raps, I guess you could say, but man, it was all right. All right. KG, how about you? Well, I, I was at church, and when we got home, my wife had my wife had recorded it. So first thing she does, she comes in, she realizes, hey, it's a tail end of halftime. So she stops it. It's DVR. So she stops it. She's we're, we're getting dinner ready or whatever. And she goes in there and she rewinds it. to. Um, she wanted to see the halftime show. So sure. she's in there starting it without me. And I kind of come in. I get an idea of what's going on. I'm kind of half interested. You know, I, I'm I'm listening to some of it, watching a little bit of it. But um, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just curious. I caught the tail end of it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I saw a meme yesterday that said, if you're over 50, you hated the halftime show. If you're under 30, you're trying to figure out who the hell those people were. And if you were, in the, if you were between the ages of 30 and 50, it was the best night of your life. So it was, you know, a great, a great deal. I, I caught the tail end of it. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't hear all of it, but, um, it, you know, it looked kind of cool. It, it, it beat some of the other acts they've had on there before. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see. We got through all of that. Your current leaders in the clubhouse. Let me find my list. There it goes right there. Brandon Black takes a commanding lead with six points. All right. Henry Engler, Scotty Hiley, and now Chris Pease all have three points apiece. Then Gary Bittenbender, Carl Gould, Brian Wilson, Adam Lager, Andy Rutledge, Lane Eli, Ted Floyd, David Suey, Hunter Baker, and D. Smith, two points apiece. Jason Chatfield, DX, Gary Rogers, Thomas Bogarty, myself, Ray Kirby, Billy Grotchen, Rick Hensley, Jamie Smith, Chris Ryder, Adam Seymour all have one point apiece. I will try to figure out probably the first of next week, a way to put up a scoreboard on the website. I've been busy with other things. I haven't had a chance to do that, but I will make that happen so everybody knows where they stand going from week to week. If you've not gotten in your fantasy picks yet for the Bass Pro Tour, you can do that. You need to go ahead and do that quickly. Uh, Get that in. If you want to play, in the Angler's Channel League, there's only 18 of us playing, so feel free to join in. We'd love to have you, right? Um, there's a really good chance you can win something. There's only 18 of us so far. 
But to do that, you go to Bass, uh, Major League Fishing, click on the Fantasy Fishing tab, and then sign up for the BPT side of things. And then you can add or join a league. If you'd like to join a league, you can join the Anglers Channel League by using the code 478, the letter C is in Charlie, 56, E is in equal, the number six. Sorry, David, I don't, you know, 478C56E6, or the best way to do it, just go to anglerschannel.com, slide over on the menu bar to contest, scroll down, and there's MLF BPT fans. There's a link right there with the code. Click it, join, play. It's that easy, right? If you want to play, there's also a code there, or a, not a code, because they don't have codes in the Bassmaster side because they're smart. Bassmaster, you click on that link, it'll take you to the group. And you can join the group for Angler's Channel. We can win, you know, big prizes, big fish, big games, whatever I said in there. You can do that. You can join. You can play. And uh, so make sure you get your fantasy teams in quick. I think by the time this airs on Wednesday, you'll have till like, like 6 tomorrow morning to do that. Eastern time. So get that in. Also, you got to drain the late games going. So make sure you get those in quick as well. You pick coming up this week. The Elite on the Harris Chain. Uh, you've got till midnight tonight, the 16th, to get your picks in for that. KG, have you done that yet? I have not. Okay. David, have you done it yet? Yes, I have. I have as well. So, KG, you're leading right now with not – well, you and I are tied with nine points apiece. David's got five. <laughs> so, if you want to take that trophy, if you're going to bring that – the ball's in our court, Kenneth, to bring the trophy home. Well, now listen. Listen, I, I'm all for AC coming south. But if AC's not coming to my house, it's just not the same. Well, then you got to play, damn it. you got to sign up and play. I mean – Open a tab on your computer right now. Do it and, and, and be done with it, right? Let's get it in. I've already got mine in. Elite Series on Harris Chain, four days. Need overall winner. The Georgia Bass Trail going to West Point. That's a single-day event. Uh, Alabama Bass Trail North Division starts off on Neely Henry this week. I'm curious on this one because a lot of folks saying they're not going to be 40 teams catch a fish. So I can't wait to see how this one pans out. BFL Mississippi's on Pickwick. That's a single-day deal. Texas Team Trails on Rayburn. That's a one-day deal. And the Wild West Bass Trail is on Diamond Diamond Valley. Excuse me. That's a single-day deal as well. So make sure you get your picks in and get them in early, um, and uh, we'll go from there. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. What do I have in our news and notes brought to you by Mincota Hummingbird? Um, <clears throat> Hall of Fame announced some new board members, some folks that we know, some people that we like. Well, some we like, uh, include Mark Copley from Rather Outdoors, Joe Opager, not Opager, it's Opager, Director of Communications for MLF, Pro Angler Brandon Polnick, and a big congratulations to the Polnicks. Been hiding this little secret for a little while. Prego. Old Tiffany's pregnant. So my wife's like, I can't believe they did that so soon. They got married last year. Now they're pregnant. You know, they don't want to travel and do things. I'm like, baby, they've been, they've been together for 10 plus years. They've been, I mean, they've been doing this a long time together. So 
But uh, congratulations to them. That's a cool deal. Neil Paul, our buddy from Visit Anderson. Um, he's on the board. Our buddy Dan Quinn from Rapala has joined. Mike Valster. I uh, don't know Mike, but um, it seems like he has an outdoor brand team that assists fishing industry companies and in multiple roles. Some guy named Van Dam, And then the Elite Series Pro, Jay Yellis, joining the board. So uh, some heavy hitters all across the, uh, the industry there joining the board of directors for the Professional Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. So uh, some pretty cool news there. How about that, guys? Thoughts? Uh, definitely guys that have knowledge of the game. So it's in good hands. It is. It is in good hands. That's for sure. Um, let's see. I talked about the fantasy fishing and all that good stuff. Um, I really wanted to get on the soapbox tonight, KG, but, um, I don't, I don't go ahead and jump up on that stone. I don't, I don't want to right now. I mean, we need to, and we will, I'm not going to, because it's just been a damn good show, right? We had a really good show. I'm not going to ruin it, um, you know, and so I'm not going to. I, I will say this, right? There's a company out there called TheLeash.com. Buy one, install it on your boat, and they're not a sponsor. They don't pay me anything. I don't even have one right now. I have a boat. But um, get one, install it, and um, if you're new to this game, if you're new to, to fishing, if you're new to driving a boat, you're new to owning a boat. Um, slow the F down, first of all, and get your head out of your phone and your electronics. Uh, you know, there's buoys out there for a reason. And um, avoid places that you don't need to be going. So just don't be stupid. That's all I got to say. I mean, I can say a lot more, but just don't be stupid. Don't try to do things this time of year that you've done in the summertime, because guess what? Pretty good chance the water's not the same level, right? Do a little education, watch some YouTube, learn how to read a map, learn how to read buoys in a river channel, and um, just be safe because you're going to kill somebody, if not yourself. And um, it just, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll step off of that right now because I'm going to save that for a slow show where I could really just grind my gears and chap somebody's ass. You know, and I'll just add a little bit. There's more to preparing for a tournament than just trying to figure out where the fish are located. Yes. Yes. If, if you're on a body of water that you're not familiar with, and let's say you find the area that you think you're going to fish during the tournament, part of your preparation needs to be, Make sure you can get from point A to point B safely and you fully understand it. Yep. So let's say you're on the lower end of the lake. You found a group of fish. The takeoff point is the upper part of the lake. Make sure you've allowed time to not just rely on a map, not just rely on what someone's told you, but to physically make that run yourself so you can see any obstacles or things that might be in the way. And then come tournament takeoff, make sure you don't do anything stupid like trying to spread out and pass guys. If you're if you're in an area where you need to stay in a creek channel or the river channel, as Chris said, stay between the buoys, then you need to stay between the buoys. Don't, tr- don't try to spread out and pass somebody 
just because you're in a hurry and you're outside the buoys to do it because lots of times those buoys are there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but, if, but, if, go ahead. Sorry. Please, please take the time to fully prepare your whole day. And the running aspect in a tournament is very important, especially when you've got large field with maybe a little bit less experienced drivers. Um, you, you have to be a little bit more cautious of what's going on around you. If if your butt starts pinching a hole in the seat, back off the throttle. Think about what you're doing and just be safe because chances are you've got somebody else in the boat that's relying on you to be safe or you've got your kids in the boat that are relying on you to be safe. If you sit down behind the wheel, it's like driving a car, you have the responsibility to make sure everyone in the boat stays safe and returns home. Right. If you're if you if you're thinking, man, should I run over there? I don't know. I don't know that part of the lake. Don't do it. Just don't do it. You know, stop idle 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 across it. Learn what it is. Look on your map. Do something. But don't just don't be stupid. God, I'm just so tired of stupid people. Sorry. I had some other things I want to talk about. I was going to bring up. Saw some more squatted trucks over the weekend. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. Um, but uh, excited to welcome back Costa Sunglasses, back Costa Del Mar, back into the, back into the mix again, coming back on board the English Channel. Excited about that. Great, great folks. I hope that you guys enjoyed uh, getting to know John Acosta a little bit tonight. Um, the new VP of Marketing there at Costa, great guy. Done a lot of stuff in this industry, and uh, very excited for him to be in that role there. Knowing the focus is on water sports makes me feel really good about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's been a little doubt in years past, I'll be honest with you. But uh, I like where they're going. I like what they're doing. And uh, John's definitely the guy to to have involved to, to have for that thing to grow. So very, very excited about that. David, have we learned anything? How was Valentine's Day? Is Lisa happy? Uh, or did you make her mad? Um, well, yeah, we was it Valentine's Day. We celebrated with our friends that we did. I went axe throwing first time. Oh. I actually hit the target a few times. Go. Yeah. You know, so I didn't, I didn't lose a, a toe or anything like that. So I, that, that turned out okay. And then, um, then, uh, yeah, I went to the, to the Chicago auto show. And I guess one thing I guess I learned was, uh, I, I, I know I've, I shared the video with you guys, but. I guess the new Tundra has a, a, if you suck at backing a boat or if you want to have like someone who doesn't know how to back a boat in, I guess it's got a, uh, well, any Tundra that has a tow, a factory installed tow hitch comes with a package where it supposedly, you know, it backs up in a way for you. I think you still hit the brakes when you get to the water, but um, at least it, it, it'll hopefully help you <laughs> with uh, backing your boat up on a busy day at the ramp. <laughs> KGM as long as the ramp's not icy, and also yeah. as long as the trailer is hooked to the truck, you should be okay. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I, I'm, I, no comment. I'm not. Goose Pond is an interesting place. I'm just saying. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm no comment. Um, you know, if you own a trailer and you can't back it up, having a truck that does it for you teaches you nothing. Learn how to back the damn trailer up. Sorry, just me. That's just that's just me. I'm old school in that deal, right? I'm old school. Um, let's see what else. KG, how about you? Learn anything? Good Valentine's Day. Um, you, you know, 
I learned I learned that being prepared helps you in a situation that you don't want to be in. Okay. Um, Explain. I, I was going to the lake Saturday morning. Um and, and I'll be honest with you, as much as as much as I travel on the road, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. But I, I got to thinking the last time I remember having a tire issue on a boat trailer was a long time ago. Sure. We're talking like 1999, 1998. Oh, so you're due. Somewhere in that range. You were due. Uh, but I, I had it happen on my way to the lake Saturday. And fortunately, I had what I needed with me to change my tire. It's funny how that works. You prepare it, isn't it? Yes. And and I, I think I sent you guys a text, you know, growing up, my, my dad used to work on cars. He would actually buy rent cars, fix them sure. up, sell them. Sure. Well, I was the one that spent most of my weekends growing up with him in the garage because to save money, he would do a lot of that work himself. Sure. He would, you know, disassemble the car, send it to the body shop. It comes back. We put it back together. At the time, I hated it. I mean, I, I, I hated spending my weekends there, but I think it's like I told you guys in a text. I learned more useful things with that time with my dad than I have anything else I've done in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's times like that, you you know, you really realize, you know, th- that aspect, but, you know, obviously as a kid, you know, you don't, you don't see that then, but it pays dividends down the road. It does. You know, it does. You know, to, according to my 17 year old, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything, but, and I'm sure when I was 17, I felt the same about my dad, but you're right. Looking back on things and doing things with your dad, you know, and your mom or whoever. I mean, you learn a lot. <clears throat> I've been doing some woodworking stuff here lately, and somebody asked me, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. I think about all the times of, you know, helping my dad do things around the house or build things or trying not to get my finger in the way of a table saw, you know, things like that. So it's kind of kind of funny how that works. But, um, yeah, very cool. Very cool deal. So, well, folks, thanks for hanging out with us on this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. It's been a fun show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we do have a lot going on this week, and next class is coming up here in a couple weeks. So a lot of a lot of fun stuff. David and I will be over in Hartwell and Greenville for for that, and uh, a lot going to be going on. Um, KG, you and I start a basically a two and two week well i've got a five week stretch you've got two weeks and then another two weeks but you've got a tournament coming up next week a lot of things going on so will we see you will we talk to you next week probably not you're gonna be uh little, that's gonna be first day of the tournament so, yeah, so you'll I, be a little tied up so uh, unless i'm like early flight and i you know catch you on the phone okay. back to where i'm staying kind of thing well if we don't so talk to, to you here. if we don't talk to you from all of our listeners good luck we're pulling for you i think i'm gonna need it <laughs> I think you'll be just fine. I got I got faith in you, brother. I got faith in you. So, but good luck next week in the Toyota event. A lot of boats in that one. Be safe. Don't follow anybody stupid. Do your own thing, and uh, you'll be just fine. For the rest of y'all, uh, thanks for tuning tuning in. If you've got a comment about tonight's show or one coming up, you want to hear somebody or want us to talk to somebody, check us out on the X Zone Hotline brought to you by our friend at Trickstep, 256-535-3217. You can chime in. And to David Rose, who thinks I blocked him, I've had issues with the podcast phone, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. 
Uh, well, I'm not going to do that just yet. I want to try to get the phone fixed for you. I gave David my personal number. I'm not going to do it on air just yet. I will wait. I will wait. <laughs> right, go ahead, Chris. No, I'm good right now. I will wait. I get enough texts to this. I'm going to wait. But send us a text. I'll have the phone back working, and uh, we'll be in good shape here really quick. But shoot us a text. Let us know your thoughts, um, your feelings, salutations, greetings, whatever you want to say. We'd love to hear them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so on behalf of our guest tonight, your VP of Marketing from Costa, Mr. John Acosta. For uh, your BBT Stage 1 winner, Mr. Bradley Roy. I'm Chris Brown for the AC Circus. Guys, have a great weekend. weekend. Don't be stupid. Put that life jacket on. Don't run outside the buoys. Put that kill switch up. KG. Don't take it personal. Exactly. See y'all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.